Hey, hey, we're a couple of good fellas, and this is the 138th Simpsons Podcast. Twinkle, twinkle, little star, let me hotwire you a car. We'll change the plates, I know a guy, you'll be my little alibi. <laughs> you stole my heart, you little criminal. That's right, we're the podcast that explores the animated sitcom, The Simpsons. But we don't start from the beginning, that's uh, episode one, season one. No, we go from 11 and beyond, past the golden age, because we know that there are plenty of other podcasts that explore that age. So we want to find the new, the fancy, the amazing that is out there of The Simpsons. And when we can, we watch the newest episode. And when we can't, we bust out that wheel of random. I am an annoyed grunt boy, Steve. And with me, as always, is the annoyed grunt boy, Craig. Hello, Craig. Can't believe we're recording this Christmas Eve Eve. I know. Ebenezer Anchor is making us do a podcast this holiday season. <sighs> Didn't even give me a goose this year. <laughs> All those other podcasts out there getting their breaks. Yeah. We have to do this live. Uh, I heard that the, the Doughboys went to Tahiti. <laughs> we're stuck at home. I heard uh, Joe Rogan is, well, he's a lot of things, but uh, <laughs> smart is not one of them. That's true. Or tall. Pandering is one of them. Yeah, absolutely. You find your audience, go with it, right? Yeah. Make your money. I don't like Joe Rogan. I think he's a piece of shit, but yeah. those are two things that he did do. He did find an audience and make the, money, which is, is that, something that this podcast doesn't get to do. Because you know why? Simpsons fans are fucking smart. That's right. They know better. Yeah. And people who listen to Simpsons podcasts are the best people in the world and they have amazing sex. Yeah. And you know, I heard all the uh, Simpsons podcast li listeners that are men have very big penis. They do have very big penis. All the, the female Simpsons podcast listeners are very bright and intelligent and uh, that's right. We'll be president someday. Yes. They're strongly independent and uh, have uh, they pass the Bechdel test every day of their lives. Yes. What we're trying to say is Simpsons fans are the smartest, most beautiful, intelligent, well-groomed, sweetest smelling, caring, best tasting, charitable, patient fans of all time. That's right. So thank you for listening. You dozen or so people. Happy holidays. If you're listening to this on, on the holiday, the high holidays, the holy, holiest of seasons. Thanks. Yeah. So we appreciate this is yeah. something that actually we don't do enough is I want to thank our listeners genuinely because uh, it's the holiday season and I appreciate you folks. And and we do appreciate our listeners because we aren't the it's very easy. Well, you know, we talk about like podcasts and like celebrity and famous people uh, that work in the business. Like there's plenty of podcasts out there, people that are connected. We're just two schlubs. Mm -hmm. And it's great that um, other listeners out there are just listening to us that aren't, you know, we, we don't work in the business. We're no. just two random dudes who have, you know, blue collar jobs just talking about the things that we love, which is yeah. The Simpsons and then other things that we just bring into this show. Yeah. And so uh, we were happy that we can share our conversations with you. So thank you. Yeah. You're listening to two guys. You're eavesdropping on two drunk guys at a bar. That's what it is. That's, ex and, that's uh, exactly right. And that was the whole concept of this podcast when we started it. So uh, thanks again for listening. And um, hey, keep sticking around and listening. We we might have some funnies. Yeah, we, we could make you go haha or teehee. I don't think we've ever made anyone cry, though. Probably not. I mean, not on the podcast anyway. Yeah. I don't think in real life either. Yeah. Well, maybe like at, like disappointing sex. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> you're still here. <laughs> <laughs> but you're my wife. <laughs> And that's a glimpse of uh, Steve's sex life. That's right. <laughs> um, <laughs> speaking of sex, Steve, uh, how was yours? <laughs> what? 
it's good. Um, Let's not talk about that. We're not Howard Stern from the 1980s no, no. or 90s. He doesn't talk about that kind of stuff anymore. Um, no. You know what I do want to talk about, Steve? What's that? It's just um, trying to get through the holiday season like we always do. Yeah. We have to lubricate ourselves or at least our like our our, our mouths. Yeah. <laughs> our orifices yeah. are plenty wet. But uh, but yes, uh, sometimes imbibing can help us get through the toughest of family members. So uh, it's time once again for our favorite segment, The Simpsons Beer Corner. <laughs> All right. Full disclosure. I know we always say at the top of this this segment that we like to relate the beer to the episode, but mm-hmm. I'm actually not going to. I'm going to relate it to this time of the season. Alrighty. Um, well, it's not a holiday brew, but you know we're getting close here. There's only a couple of days. You're going to be, you know, having a holiday dinner, maybe depending on if you celebrate this time of the season. And usually at the end of a meal. You have a dessert. Indeed. Here, as alcoholics as we are, our dessert is beer. That's right. But I do love a pie Ooh. after a fancy family meal. Not necessarily fancy, just family meal. Sure. One of my favorite pies to to non. Well, this is this is good for, for a Thanksgiving or a Christmas. It's a good holiday pie. Ooh. Probably my favorite pie of all time, Steve. Really? And some of you nuts out there can't have this. Because you're allergic to your nuts. <laughs> and that's pecan pie. I love a pecan pie. Delicious. So I picked up the Backwards Brewing Pecan Pie Porter. Ooh, delightful. Not high in the alcohol content, only at a 5.9% alcohol by volume. But um, here's the little, little the little copy on the can. Uh, treat yourself to a caramel, chocolate, and pecan. Perfectly balanced with a light body that's rich, but not too sweet. Oh, so delicious. Just Mm. like grandma used to make. Mm, Grandma. I'm glad you said to make because I thought (laughs) delicious. Just like grandma. (laughs) Porter with vanilla and pecan. Yum, yum. A little sniff there. Mm -hmm. A little sweet smell, but don't really smell any of the uh, pecans. It's kind of like a beer smell. Nice and dark in texture and goes down smooth and oh yeah yeah this is a dessert this is what you want for dessert as an adult it's not kid friendly the can it's just a picture of a tree with a bottle in, in it like uh the rings around of, of of a log and some trees in the background it's all brown brown and white mm-hmm. um a kid would see this and be like that looks like poop i don't want it because <laughs> it's brown you know yeah the color of the can Oh, but man, that is delicious. And since it's like such low alcohol, like 5.9%, it's very smooth. It's very light. This isn't one of those porters where you drink, you can only just drink one. You could probably yeah. get two or three down and call it good. Nice. That sounds good. Call for, like, it's like a slice of pie, right? You can yeah. have one. This one you can call for seconds and it'll be totally perfect for it, Steve. Um, have you had the pecan pie porter from Backwoods? I have not. I've, uh, where I get my beer, we do, it is sold there. That's how I store it. I'm not hiding anything. Um, uh, but I have not tried it yet this year. Um, but I might, uh, based on your recommendation, I kind of want to try it now. Yeah, it isn't as sweet or as strong as some of the other like pie yeah. or chocolate type supporters that we've had. But that this sounds kind of nice, like a little less sweet that you can just kind of enjoy it more. Yep, it's very enjoyable. Nice. What do you got for us? Well, Craig, I do try to relate it. And so this episode features uh, Joe Mantegna, who uh, 
you know, starred in a myriad of films, including uh, 1995's National Lampoon's Favorite Deadly Sins. He's a third bill in this made-for-TV movie, right behind Dennis Leary and Andrew Dice Clay. Um, but, uh, you know, it is the holiday season, and I want to talk about... <laughs> another uh, great National Lampoon's uh, movie, Christmas Vacation. Oh, yeah. And so I have from Mount Tabor Brewing, Cousin Eddie's Winter Ale. Oh, uh, played by Cousin Eddie was played by Randy Quaid. He's not problematic. No, and that's why his this can shows uh, the silhouette of a person in a robe who's clearly Cousin Eddie, but not <laughs> there's he has no face and he's got the uh, the the tube. And uh, you know, yeah. Speaking of uh, speaking of poop, as you just were, I'm glad they didn't go with a brown ale. They went with a winter <laughs> ale. Um, so it says we asked Eddie to recommend a holiday beverage alternative to Clark's eggnog, and he came up with this tasty winter warmer, deep burgundy, malty, and slightly sweet with hints of fig and roasted uh, caramel. This uh, hoppier style winter ale rounds out the holiday flavor spectrum with notes of citrus. Drink it all yourself or share with loved ones. But remember, once they start to uh, once once they start, it's best to let them finish. So it is seven uh, percent alcohol, and, uh, fifty-one IBUs, which is a bit higher than I prefer. But yeah. give it a go. It's not that bad. Like once it gets in the sixties, and I'm like, eh, yeah, I think fifties are okay. Yeah. You know, while you're taking a sip there, I was just thinking about uh, Christmas vacation and. The fact that like I know they like made like a reboot of vacation a few years ago. But, mm-hmm. Like they should make like a, a, a sequel to Christmas Vacation. I know there was a direct to DVD Christmas Vacation to Cousin Eddie's Island Adventure. Right. But I'm saying like with the original cast and instead of Randy Quaid, have Dennis Quaid play Cousin Eddie. And then everyone's Love all it. confused of like, why are you so good looking now? <laughs> <laughs> Is it a hot take to say that that's my favorite uh, National Lampoon's uh, holiday f- or film? I don't think so. I think yeah. that's very much or I vacation mean, film. I guess the original Vacation is great and classic, but I think Christmas Vacation just it's a joke a minute. Yeah, it just holds a more special place in my heart. Uh, so this beer is uh, it's got um, almost it's almost red in color. Um, it's like goes from like amber brown to almost like a carbonated red wine. It doesn't have a big aroma, but it kind of smells a little bit of like maltiness and roasty like caramel. Hmm. It's very well balanced. It's not very sweet at all. And the hops do come through, but it's kind of like an aftertaste. So it's uh, it's very it's a very balanced beer, but I like it. It's uh, it's one that you could have a couple of. It's uh, it really feels like a good beer. Like if you're out shopping down your own <laughs> Christmas tree or, uh, you know, out there in the snow trying to put up the lights and you come in and you're all cold and you crack open one of these and sit by the fire be a delight so yeah that's what i'm gonna say about this beer all right yeah let's uh drink beer for the holidays that's right. um i'm trying to relate my beer to this episode uh joe montagna was in a movie called uh the wonderful ice cream suit suit yeah. and uh you put uh ice cream on pie there you go do you remember he was in baby's day out he was the bad guy yeah and we brought that up kind of organically <laughs> yeah we, uh, baby's day out it's one of the best movies of all time mm-hmm. it's not home alone but it's close <laughs> All right, hey, we're getting ahead of ourselves, Steve. Um, let's um, let's go to uh, our TV or our movie and music segment. Yeah, so uh, this aired this last Sunday. Um, so uh, Craig, what was the number one movie in the uh, box office? Well, let me think here. It just came out. I think it was um, 
a Marvel movie. I think, it was, seems... I think it was the Eternals. I think it just went back to number one, right? People just can't get enough Kumail. Yeah. No, it was Spider-Man. No way. Home. Uh, Steve and I um, off pod were texting each other about because uh, Steve still hasn't seen the Marvel movies. The MCU, yeah. as we like to call it. But he has seen the Garfield and uh, the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movies, not the Garfield. Well, he's probably seen still want there to be a <laughs> Garfield Spider-Man movie. Yeah. Um, you've seen the Tobies, of course, and yep. the Andrew Garfield Spider-Mans, and but still not Tom Holland because you're a little hesitant, or it's too it's too over it's overwhelming, right? The exactly, MCU, yeah. They know? they all the ins and outs. I mean, I have like educated myself on the lore of Spider-Man, um, but there's still a lot to cover, and I don't, you know, but I, I'm I'm rushing through it. Steve knows more about Spider-Man because he's actually read all the issues, like starting from like the 60s to yeah. Like almost what you're almost in the 90s now. I'm in 1991, All going right. canonically in order with uh Seth, Seth McFarlane. Yep. I mean, Tom McFarlane. <laughs> I love it when he sings. Yeah. So you know more about like comic references thing too. So when you watch some of these movies, like oh that's a reference to this, and yeah, they do a lot of those things. And I remember you were texting me the other day about. Uh, because I wanted you to watch the Spider-Man, especially. Mm-hmm. So really, the way to go for it is like start with Captain America: Civil War because that introduces Tom Holland, and then you do Spider-Man: Homecoming after that, and then you got to watch Avengers: Endgame and Infinity War, and then you can watch Far From Home, and then this new one. It's not as a daunting task to say start with Iron Man one, then two, then three. You know that sort of thing. Yeah. So I think it's I think it's working out. Did you enjoy Tom Holland's? Um, first appearance you said you watched civil war yeah i did i like how uh innocent he is and how excited he is it's fun and he's kind of like one of the first well besides like he seems still like a teenager exactly yeah they covered a, a really good peter parker there yeah uh it just gets better from there steve i'm looking forward to it so i will say um, obviously i went to see spider-man i probably got the omicron variant because it was a packed theater mm-hmm. you know i i grew up with the toby well, I grew up, but I mean, it was in my 20s when it came out. But like the, the Toby ones are still like my Spider-Man Garfield ones. I just didn't really care for. I'm like, well, I, I don't need this because it was like that mindset of like, why do we need a reboot of this? And then you also like, what's the point of these Andrew Garfield Spider movies? Because they're not allowed to be part of this new MCU universe because they're we've already had like an Avengers film by the time this movie comes out or their same year, essentially. Yeah. So what's the point? I'm not going to invest my time with this Andrew Garfield Spider-Man. Uh, oh, spoilers. Well, wait, even though Steve hasn't seen this, the this movie, I'm not going to I'll spoil some things, but it's kind of obvious. And even though they were it was horrible secret of like Toby and Andrew are in the right. Movie. Yeah. Everyone knows they're going, if they're not, if, they're, if they show the trailers, the villains from the Toby and Andrew movies, they're not going <laughs> to, it'd be like, um, yeah, it, it's, it's silly that of course they're going to show up They're You know, that's the big surprise, even though it's not a surprise. Yeah. And I will say that Andrew Garfield stole every scene he was in. Wow. And this Spider-Man, like it made me appreciate Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man. That's impressive. And I want to see more of Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man. Interesting. All right. Those well. amazing movies aren't that amazing. Mm-hmm. But him in this this latest movie, like there, uh, there's a scene. If you have seen the the Amazing Spider-Man one and two, there's a scene in this movie. Literally, I started crying after wow. what happened. All right. That's all I'm saying. Like I, I'm being as vague as possible. I know it's been a, a week since the movie's been out, and everyone's seen it because it's you know it's made huge, more yeah. money than than Jesus on his birthday. You <laughs> know, 
uh it's very fun i and the way the movie ends one of my biggest criticisms of the tom holland spider-man movies I, this might be too much of a spoiler thing because then you'll figure out what the opposite i'm okay is. with it well what i'm saying is like one of the criticisms i had with spider-man movies is how much he relied on tony stark aka iron man mm-hmm. and his technology uh, now it's spoiled. yeah <laughs> tony stark's iron man i'm sorry oh, <laughs> but how much he relied on his tech and his pretty much his technology yeah. to be Spider-Man. This movie, the way it ends, it's so beautiful. All right. That's all I'll say is like, it makes me like Tom Holland is now Spider-Man. Okay. All well, I might, I might rush through those movies this week and uh, see it before Christmas. <sighs> Steve, I got a four day weekend. I would watch it again. All right. <laughs> we'll have to keep in contact. Um, But there's my Spider-Man review. I'll give it a uh, four web heads. That seems pretty good. I'll give it an Excelsior. I'll give it a no prize. <laughs> Stanley, no prize. Nice. Uh, but I'm 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 really looking forward to you to get into the Tom Holland verse. Yeah, me too. I'm I'm really looking forward to that as well. All right, Steve. Well, I was watching Spider Man. You were st- stuck at home listening to music. What were you listening to? Well, I, of course, I was listening to the uh, number one song on the Billboard Hot 100. Once again, it's Easy on Me by Adele. <laughs> Taylor Swift gets one week of all too well for the, uh, the the 10 minute version. And then it's like, no, let's go back to Adele. Maybe they'll just ping pong back and forth for the rest of 2022. I, honestly, I think Adele's is going to be the number one song from all time now. Well, I mean, we don't have much time left, so no, that's true. Fine. In that meantime, we should have watched uh, an episode of The Simpsons. Yeah, that's what we're here for. That's right. And we got a new one this week. It is the 10th episode of the 33rd <laughs> season. It originally aired last Sunday, December 19th, 2021. It is entitled A Maid Maggie. And what happens, Craig? Well, in this episode, Marge, that's the mother, decides to baptize Maggie. That's the baby. So she her. sends Homer, that's the father, to find an appropriate godfather. Not that one. <laughs> uh, but, um, you know, after a couple tries, Homer finally finds the perfect godfather. Of course, it's got to be Fat Tony. Hey. Because he's uh, a mobster, godfather, all that stuff. All right. So uh, he becomes the godfather. And um, that's uh, the episode. Great. Well, it seems like you summed it up pretty nice. But just in case we missed anything, oh. why don't we take a break? Hey, Ken, we'll uh, settle in and we'll watch that episode. Would you say that we would analyze that episode? Yes, let's analyze this episode. And then analyze this and that? <laughs> yes, and we'll remember it so we certainly won't forget about it. All right, Steve, let's uh, let's eat our, let's be stereotypical Italians and eat our pasta and teriyaki chicken and uh, watch this episode. Sounds great. We'll be right back. Go We're back. Today we're talking about A Maid Maggie, the 10th episode of the 33rd season. It originally aired on December 19th, 2021. It is episode 716 in the show's run. Your nerd code is UABFO3. It was written by Elizabeth Kernan Averick, directed by Timothy Bailey, and your showrunner is Al G. All right, Elizabeth Kernan Averick. I feel like we've done an episode that she wrote, haven't we? Earlier this season, I believe. Maybe the season premiere. The uh, All Singing, All Dancing episode? Could be. Was that what it was called? Yes, it was. Uh, Paint Your Wagon Green? Simpsons Tits and Ass. 
how about the star of the backstage? There it is. Don't forget, she also wrote the uh, short that was from earlier this year with the uh, the good, the Bart and the Loki, the Loki one on oh, Disney right. Plus. Yes. And also wrote Hail to the Teeth, which we haven't reviewed. And quite frankly, I don't think we ever will. Oh, no. Yeah, we're going to die of uh, Omicron like in a few weeks. Aren't we all? Yeah, no, we are. It's a, it's a ticking time bomb. I mean, <laughs> if you like look at the infection map, it's like Maine sneezed on the country and it's kind of spread <laughs> out. Lousy Mainers. Is that what you call people from Maine? Mainers? I think it's Mainlander. Oh, Mainlander. I like Mainers. Yeah, I like Mainer. I think, um, who's famous from Maine? Um, <laughs> I, that's, that's a good question. Of, you know, that's kind of one of the states I would like to visit. I think it because, it, it, you know, probably probably is kind of equal to like our Pacific Northwest in terms of like weather. A little bit, a little bit more like wintry there, probably. Yeah. And it's probably, yeah. But the, the leaves are probably pretty. Yeah. People would go there to leaf peeping, right? I think so. Oh, duh. Uh, uh, Stephen King. Oh, yeah. That's the that's the biggest main man. He's the main he, man. He is the main man. <laughs> How about uh, John or Hurley? Yes. Jay Peterman himself. Uh, Judd One. Nelson. He's from Portland. Huh. Not the good Portland. No. Oh, uh, Anna Kendrick. Huh. Uh, Liv Tyler. Uh, really? I'm, I don't know. Huh. I mean, well, yeah. <laughs> don't tell her dad. I mean, what? <laughs> and uh, Todd Rundgren. Uh, did I say Patrick Dempsey already? Oh, no. McDreamy or Steamy. Yeah. Well, I think the only important ones are uh, really just uh, Stephen King, Anna Kendrick, and uh, Judd Nelson. And Hannibal Hamlin, whoever that is. Sounds like a guy that makes great sandwiches. I don't know. Why. Probably He probably was. He was uh, There's Hamlin Lincoln's, his name. Uh, Abe Lincoln's uh, vice president. So, yeah, he probably made him some good sandwiches. Oh, wow. You know, like, I don't. You know, I could try to name all 46 presidents, but I know I'm going to miss at least 44. Yeah. There's only one president, in my opinion, that ever existed. And that's Donald Trump. Of course. But I don't think I can name five. Well, I can name the vice presidents from my lifetime, but yeah, I don't think I could name them from everyone else's lifetime. No, I can go. Especially yeah, I can go back ones. to Reagan. I can go. I know Spiro T. Agnew. Right. Um, Johnson, uh, Kennedy's. Yeah. Just because then, you know, he became president. Was, uh, forgive me if this is dumb. Was Martin. Prince. Uh, <laughs> yes. Was Martin Prince vice president. Was uh, Martin. Yeah. Who's the guy who ran in the tank and ruined his career? <laughs> who went what? He. Uh, Martin. Ah, I. Wait, I just need to look up who Jimmy Carter's vice president was, because um, if I were listening to this podcast right now, I'd be screaming at my phone. Are you talking about Mondale? Yes, Walter Mondale. That's what I was thinking of. Because was it him who was running for president, I think, against uh, Reagan? And yeah. he did a publicity stunt in a tank. And it tanked? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was Mondale uh, Ferraro. Yes, Ferraro Roche. Yeah, I still have the bumper sticker on my uh, my car. Very nice. Yeah. <laughs> Which is weird because it's actually a 2014 Toyota Prius. So came with it. <laughs> yeah. Mondale didn't have a chance. One no. thing, especially she, she, he had a female uh, vice president, uh, you know, on the on the ticket there. Mm -hmm. And we'll never have a female vice president, Steve. <laughs> Sounds so helpful for from you. Oh, by the way, we recorded this episode uh, in 2019. So we have the same uh, <laughs> time traveling device as that Prius. Yeah. <laughs> We're a time traveling podcast. <laughs> yeah. And this is what we do with it. This is, yeah, we, we talk about Simpsons. <laughs> and, and we're talking about this episode that uh, comes out in a couple of years. That's I, don't right. why, I don't know why we don't just release this in 2019. Yeah. We wait till people and warn people of the Omicron variant. <laughs> Should we warn them about the uh, Zeta uh, variant? Oh, yeah. And the uh, Oopsalon. It's like after the Epsilon. <laughs> Oops, all gone. Humans. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> what are we talking about? We were talking about Elizabeth, but now we. <laughs> 
I is she from know. Maine? Well, where did Maine come from? This uh, Maine Hannibal Hamlin has a cool name, <laughs> okay. and he was Abe Lincoln's vice president. And we were talking about how probably neither one of us could name more than like eight vice presidents. <laughs> but where the state Maine come from? She is from Maine. Are you sure about that? I think you said that. Yeah. <laughs> did, where, where did I find that information about about uh, Elizabeth being from Maine? Or at least certain from the internet, probably. Or you heard it from a friend who heard it from a friend that you were messing around with another guy. Uh, I really don't remember where we got Maine from. <laughs> maybe you said, um, oh, you know what you said to Maine Maggie, maybe? I thought you said a Maine Maggie. No. <laughs> what would I say? <laughs> I um, don't know. Guys, listen to this. I'm also 100% sober. I was going to say, are you sure you're out of gummies? Yeah, no, there's there's nothing in me. I'm just, all right, let's just get on with this. We're already 25 minutes in. Alrighty. Not talking about the Simpsons. Uh, so this is the last episode to air in this year of our Lord 2021. Is it our last episode too? Hopefully. After, <laughs> after this rant, it probably will, should be, I don't know. Yeah. Oh no, we got one more, one more set for uh, this year. Oh yeah. All right. Well, you know, it's weird because we did a Christmas episode last week and you would assume that uh, the Simpsons, you know, this is, should be their Christmas episode. That's really not. No, but we do have the the Simpsons title gag, which is Christmassy because it's like a snowy night and Santa appears in a self-flying uh, sled and zooms through the sky and gives a little ho, ho, ho. Making all those reindeer yeah. lose their jobs. So there's our there's our Christmas spirit. Uh, there is one little more Christmas thing at the end of the episode, but uh, yeah. that's about it. Yep. We, no chalkboard gag, no couch gag. Bah humbug to all of that. It's our typical Simpsons. No more of that stuff that we all love. That's right. Our episode begins, as it kind of always does, in an amusement park. Uh, the amusement park attraction in uh, is actually the overpriced world of Angelica Button, which is a magical land reminiscent of the wizarding world of Harry Potter. They have coin-operated unicorn rides, a dragon petting zoo, which I'm curious about because it's clearly people in dragon costumes, but they are shooting fire. Um... <laughs> Maybe it's um, uh, cats. It's probably cats. Cats yeah. can breathe fire, right? I think so, yeah. Um, we have a giant ogre roaming the grounds, both real and magical first aid. And there's a creepy guy watching a little girl get a frosty mug of batter brew um, at about 14 seconds in. I realize it's probably her father. No, it's, nah, it's her dad. He's checking Just... out. No, he's checking out uh, the barmaid. Okay. He's like, that could be your new mommy. <laughs> Either way, it's it's a creepy look. I like how there's a line of magical first aid, but no one with real first aid. Yeah. I wonder if they all have that like Harry Potter broken arm thing from whatever the Goblet of Fire or whatever. When is it arms? Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, So just beyond Professor Swizzlesticks, Pixie Sticks, and Malicious Crub's Delicious Grub, Homer discovers which school is most appropriate for him. Good, sir. Perchance you would like to try on the categorize cap to see which school of magic most suits thee? Not today, weirdo. Congratulations, you're a grizzledom. Yes, finally, a hat that respects me. Don't be too cocky. That means you're a sworn enemy of Pufflesnuff. I hate those guys. Well, 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 if it ain't one of those grizzledom kids. Someone had a little too much bubble and squeak for breakfast. Don't worry, Dad. Those are just park employees. Cool. Then they can't hit me back. Boy, we're seasonal workers. We can do as we bloody well please. Yeah, well, wait till my fellow Grizzledums help me. I'm known for my stomach aches. My character was cut from the movies. 
Homer is the parody of the Gryffindors. Right. And then he's fighting with the parody of the Hufflepuffs. Right. Which are not a very warring people. No, they should have been the Slytherin. Maybe they couldn't think of a good pun for the Slytherin. In the background, you can see it and it's not very creative. It's like Slither Us or something like that. Yeah. Steve, did you ever go on that Pottermore when it came out to see what house you were in? Oh, yeah. My uh, suspicions were correct. I am, in fact, a Ravenclaw. Slytherine. That's what they call it. Oh, Slytherine. Like yeah. smith- Slytherin. No, Smitherine. Yeah, okay. Yeah. It should have been called the Smitherins. Yes, they're excellent. Yeah. <laughs> um, what is? What about you? Have you been, have you been uh, sorted? Yeah, I did it a long time ago, and I was disappointed. I think I wanted mine to change. Really? I was a Gryffindor, and I'm like, I don't want that. I wanted to be a Hufflepuff because they're all about getting high because they That's Hufflepuff, true. right? Yeah, they are they, they like the lazy ones. Bubble. Yeah, they always seem like like the ones who have the most pets. Well, you know who is a Hufflepuff? It's a uh, I think Newt Scaramanga. Scaramanga hmm. was that yeah, the 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 Fantastic Beats movies? And oh I yeah, drop them. Yeah, I think he was Hufflepuff. I think so. Yeah, I just didn't you know because you know the Gryffindors like they're too like showy and like look at me. I'm they're like, like the Leonardo of yeah houses. Like they're wanted, too like dorky. I wanted to be the uh, the introvert house. I think that's yeah. the Hufflepuffs. See, I think it's the Ravenclaw because. We're just like sarcastic nerds. We're the Raphael of. Uh, oh, are they? Oh, maybe I should yeah. be Ravenclaw. Though. All right. Just don't want to be Slytherin. Those guys are bad news. Bad news. I think my Patronus was a stag. Everyone's Patronus is a stag. Is it? Pretty much. Yeah. I think mine was too. I don't remember. It's been it's been a while since I was uh, on that website. It was yeah. weird because you know you go in to sign up. It says, "Are you a boy or a girl?" I'm like, <laughs> "What about if I wanted to be something else?" You know. And the site just crashed if you tried to. <laughs> yeah say other <sighs> see did, did, did i tell you uh, i'm changing the subject real quick but uh sure. it was about a few years ago i was at an eric clapton concert and i i recorded it and i just uh-huh. sold a, a cd on ebay for seven dollars so uh i thought that was ah oh, shit I'm oh, sorry. no I, i'm being sued do you think black people <laughs> should sue eric clapton for stealing their music and for him being extremely racist yeah yeah hey fuck you eric clapton yeah now i know why his son jumps oh <laughs> No, no, I'm going to let that pass. <laughs> See, it's funny because we were trying to avoid the uh, J.K. Rowling turf stuff. <laughs> and we went into much more comfortable territory. Yeah, dead babies. Exactly. They're all always right. fun. <laughs> all right, let's get back to Angelica Buttons, all right? All righty. Did you ever go to the Wizarding World? I did in the one in California. It's not as good as the one in Florida, right? No. Yeah, I haven't been to any of the, I mean, I haven't been to anything, so. Yeah, I. I it was fun, and they do the world well, but on the same day, I also went to the Simpsons land. What's that? It, the Simpsons, the, you know the show, The Simpsons? <laughs> no, never heard of it. Oh, well, it's about this family. They're like a middle-class family. Um, there's a boy. I guess they're a white middle-class family. Uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah. I mean, they're yellow. Steve, you can't say that in this oh. day and age. <laughs> But yeah, the uh, Simpsons attraction was, uh, to me, far better. I would assume so. Yeah. Yeah. But the Harry Potter one was fine. I mean, the creator notwithstanding, the, the world is fun. Yeah. All right. It's it's hard to... No, I mean, it, you can still enjoy Harry Potter. Yeah. You yeah. can't enjoy its creator. I mean, all the creators are horrible people, I'm assuming. Yeah. God. Oh, yeah. He's the worst. <laughs> yeah. He I mean, all this us. happens. <laughs> Sorry, guys. We'll do better next time. My bad. Thanks, God. Oh, and me. You're too kind. Oh, and me. Um, all right. Well, the Puffles, the Puffle Snuffs, bullies chase Homer through the park, and Marge feels it's uh, the perfect opportunity to check in uh, her dad, Grandpa. Yeah. Who's uh, who's babysitting the Maggie there? 
Hello, Mabel. Can I have my dad? Sure thing, Marge. Patching you through to Throwback 7244. Hey, Marge. Everything is A-OK, -okay, which was a popular slogan during Martin Van Buren's election campaign because... Ooh, thank God I'm on my anti-rambling meds. I remember the first day I went on them. That's it. Anyway, Maggie's having fun with her little friend. We're at the beach. I better put on sunscreen. I love how he has anti-ramble meds. I know. So he's not his grandpa Yi. No. And uh, FYI, since <laughs> I know you're curious, uh, Martin Van Buren's vice president was Richard Mentor Johnson. Wow, that's such a name. Dick Johnson. Dick Mentor Johnson. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. He he swung both ways. You know he did. Oh yeah. Name like that. You're just a you're just a dirty old perv. Dirty old perv. But you're also a mentor, so you know you're <laughs> spreading the good word. Uh, you alluded to it, but uh, it's weird that Marge said, "Can I speak to my dad?" Right. Because and Mabel. Is that Mabel that Bart was talking uh, was speaking to? I'm going to say that's canon. Yeah, I think so. All right. I think it's gross that uh, Maggie's playing in the cat litter box, and I'm just assuming there must have been a scene where Maggie took her pacifier off and started sucking on a cat turd. Ugh, that's so <laughs> gross, but you're probably right. All right, well, I'm going to get that uh, tattooed on me today. Nice. Um, and so while they're having the uh, cat shit fight, uh, Abe applies sunscreen to his face, which is actually chip dip, which is a kind of a generic term, chip dip. It appears to be white in nature. So it could be like a queso, could be a ranch. I don't know. Yeah, there's the, yeah, don't they do like a the ruffles that has like a ranch dip or whatever? Oh, yeah, that's true. Never even had that, I don't think. It's weird. I'm like, why? I don't know. Sure, it's fine. I, I Maybe it's just the queso. I, I could go for some white queso. Yeah, queso is good. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, so let's go back to uh, the overpriced world of Angelica Button. Uh, so the rest of the Simpsons uh, hop on like a tilt-a-whirl ride or uh, like the, their version of the teacups, probably. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's called the Cauldrons of Chaos, Ooh. Uh, which has the uh, following warnings here. Uh, no people with heart conditions. No pregnant women. No lawyers. No teens writing, ironically. And then uh, and then there's uh, all meat cutes are intellectual property of this park. Ooh. And uh, I read on the internet there was a deleted one, too, that said uh, no trans people. <laughs> and there we go again with uh, J.K. Rowling. Joke. Yes. If you're going to have a J.K., make it Simmons, not Rowling. That's what I always say. Yeah. They should have J.K. Simmons in the Harry Potter movies as J.J. Jameson. <laughs> he should be the editor of the Quibbler. <laughs> I want pictures of Potter now. <laughs> this Potter's a menace. Quitting the snitch. You know what? Every movie should just have J.J. Jameson from the Spider-Man universe in the in the movie. Could not agree more. <laughs> Star Wars, like, you know, he's with the Imperial Gazette. And be like, this Luke Skywalker is a menace. He destroyed the Death Star and billions of people on it. And you call him a hero? I mean, that does track. I mean, he would be a valuable character in that. Yeah, I, I agree with this. I want J.K. Simmons to do a one-man show of 12 Angry Men. <laughs> Has anyone done that? A one-man show of 12 Angry Men where they just no, but that's back like, and forth? Is... That'd be fun, like a Robin Williams type character. Well, he can't do it now because he died. That's true. Of masturbation. Eh. That... Oh, no, that's David Carradine. Yeah. I think it was just straight up suicide. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Sorry, Zelda, if you're listening. His daughter. Yeah, I know. Not Zelda Rubenstein. She's dead. Who's Zelda Rubenstein? Isn't that the ghost lady? I mean, the poltergeist lady. Isn't that her name? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. You know, she was only 27 when she did that movie. 
Wow. No, I'm just making it up. I think she actually was like 43 or something, though. It's funny how like old people. Yeah. Who are like, like, uh, you know, they'll say like, oh, Keanu Reeves is the same age as Ed Asner <laughs> when like he did, you know, uh, I don't know what. Mary that, Tyler Moore. Right. Exactly. Yeah. No, he was like 40. Right. When he was on Mary Tyler Moore, but he looked so old. It's because back in the day, everyone was drinking and smoking, you know, every minute. Yeah. And drink, eating a lot more red meat, probably. And yeah. Yeah. That'll age you. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it was, um, remember, remember the commish with Michael Chiklis? Oh, yeah. Like, I think he was only like 27 or 28 when he did that. But even as a kid, I was like, this guy looks old. But he was already and, like, didn't he have like a family with like three kids? Or yeah. Something like that? I remember my dad really liked that show when I read that fact in TV Guide and I told him and he didn't believe me. <laughs> and the Internet wasn't as prevalent because I was a child. No. But yeah. Yeah. And like Kelsey Grammer was like 13 when he was Frazier on Shears. Mm hmm. Even like Willow was like, I think he was like 17 or 18 when he made Willow. Yeah, he was well because he was only like eight years, like ten years old when he was in Return of the Jedi as the Ewok. Yeah, huh. it's wild. Did you ever see the when they did the the teaser trailer for the new Willow? Certainly, just like a behind the scenes trailer type. Like, oh, I haven't seen that thing. yet. Oh, it came out a few months ago. It's really funny, actually. Okay, I'll check that out because I, yeah. I I'm looking forward to that. It's, there's no like actual footage from the new Will, the new Willow show. It's just like him introducing himself to the new cast, and it's a very funny comedy bit. I like it. Uh, Warwick Davis because you know he he's kind of like being his that that life is short type mm-hmm. persona he's very much uh, ricky gervaising it up gotcha that makes sense all right well hey let's go back to the simpsons uh marge and lisa hop in uh, one cauldron there while homer and bart share another uh the ride starts out calmly enough and uh, homer commenting that uh he finally knows what it's like to uh, uh, be like a, a british beverage uh, you know a tea bag <laughs> yeah i don't i don't know <laughs> Is it true that uh, British people like to microwave their tea? That's what Gail Simone told me on Twitter. Uh, if we have uh, any British listeners, we'll say yes, just so we can get some hate mail. <laughs> they like to microwave their tea, right? Oh, yeah. And they reheat it. And yeah. Yeah. OK. Uh, but before Homer can get uh, a little t- too comfortable there, uh, Bart spins the wheel faster and faster, causing Homer to uh, flail. That's a stupid word. Why do we have that word? <laughs> it's just hard to read and hard to say. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny that you just... <laughs> Just call my notes dumb. No, I'm not calling your notes. I'm calling that word dumb. Yeah, no, I, I don't disagree a with dumb you. Word. It is a dumb word. Those, you know, when you're on those rides with the wheel in the middle, they don't actually do anything. No, just like a placebo thing. Yeah, it's a false sense of control, just so yeah. you know, you don't lose your shit. Uh, Marge begs uh, her boy there, uh, Bart, to stop, but he'll only do it if Homer agrees to buy them all uh, something in the gift shop. So Homer doesn't understand why he thought this place would be fun, and Lisa tells him that by saying that he gets to be with his family without actually talking to them. He just gets to you know go on rides. Homer slams the emergency button in the center of the wheel, causing him to drop down a tunnel from the cauldron into the gift shop, a place where Homer can finally spend some money. Bart requests three of each wand with holsters and a five-year magic care warranty. Lisa, meanwhile, opts for the wand that is a little more expensive because they also donate a wand for a needy child. Back at home, Abe's child care might not be as effective as his family wishes. Listen to her purring like a kitten. <gasps> Grandpa, when was the last time you saw Maggie? I just changed her diaper before I put the cat out. Uh-oh. Maggie! Where are you, Mags? Ask Grandpa. Maybe he knows. Simpsons, I don't know if heaven's missing an angel, but I think you might be. Oh, my 
my sweet baby. Landers, I owe you one. Well, sir, could you give me back my Allen wrench? <laughs> this guy names his tools. Grandpa, I'm afraid we'll never ask you to babysit again. Who says I want to? You never even pay me. Well, you can rest easy knowing if anything did happen, she has the only insurance you truly need, a simple Christian baptism. Actually, we haven't gotten around to baptizing her yet. You mean this child could have been cast into God's basement of eternal burning because you were too busy? A couple things. Don't you think Ned would remember trying to baptize Maggie? Yeah. <laughs> like uh, we, 15 years ago. Right. When, uh, <laughs> that's funny. Uh, when, uh, yeah, he was their foster parents. The visual gag of when, when they come back home and Homer's got the wizard hat mm -hmm. and then Marge, Marge's hair is a wizard hat and she just shakes and the stars and moons fall off. <laughs> yeah. That was a nice touch. Yeah. Does she have that uh, specially made? Mm hmm or, or someone just styled it there. It's fun visual stuff. Yeah, well, as I also liked uh, the very cat-like motion of once uh, Snowball like was out of Grandpa's arms and he she was on the table instead of licking herself. That's very true to life. Cats like licking themselves. Yeah, it looks like uh, Snowball was actually enjoying being snuggled and <laughs> has the pacifier in the same suck suck and yeah, got diapers on the cat. You know, it's pretty. You know, I'm surprised that uh, Grandpa could actually get a diaper on a cat. Yeah, I feel like that'd be difficult to do. Yeah, it would save a lot of time. He got a collar on Maggie, though. Mm -hmm. uh, just kind of, it's just some fun visual stuff in this. Yeah, glad, glad we're a podcast. <laughs> uh, so Marge offers to uh, baptize Maggie soon and have Ned be Ma Maggie's godfather, but Ned already has one thousand one hundred uh, godchildren. He offers Homer and Marge a restaurant pager in case he should get an opening for the baptism. Which uh, comic book guy and Kamiko, who are of uh, Klingon ba faith and Shinto faith respectively, assume that the pager was for a Tony Romas. Do, do Tony Romas still exist? Oh no! <laughs> Did they? I remember we had a Tony Robas in the 90s in this area. Yeah. I remember when I heard about the football player, it reminded me of the, the rib place. And I'm like, does that place still exist then? Joe Montana? Yes. Tony Roma. Isn't he a <laughs> yeah, football man? I, know, just, <laughs> I was just trying to think of a football player. Yeah. Tony Romo. Tony Romo. Yeah. Tony Romo. Um, let's see here. Tony Romo's, I guess, still exists. I'm on <laughs> their website. Uh, locations. 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 Uh, browse all locations. Okay. We got some in uh, the United Arab Emirates, Australia, <laughs> Bangladesh, Bahrain, Canada, Chile, Caraco, Germany, Dom Dom Dominican Republic, Spain, Guatemala, Guam, Indonesia, Japan, Mexico, Malaysia, Panama, El Salvador, United States, and Venezuela. Wow. There are um, no locations within 500 miles of Oregon. In, Tony in the United States, we have California, Colorado, Florida, Iowa, Montana, North Carolina, and Nevada. Hmm. Uh, in Canada, for our Canadian listeners, if you live in Alberta, Manitoba, or Ontario, you can visit there. And of course, United Arab Emirates, you got Abu Dhabi, Dubai, yeah. and uh, that one I can't pronounce. I bet you the, the Dubai one is very good. Is this a joke? I don't know. It's sort of so fancy. They're kind of a rich country, so uh, they might have a fancier Tony Romas. I don't know. Um, all right. I'm, yeah. Steve, let's get tickets to Dubai just so we can go to eat the Tony Romas. <laughs> uh, you can, if you're in Japan, Okinawa, Ooh. Tokyo. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So it's, it's still a thing. Interesting. Hmm. Hmm. Ribs. Steve, ribs. ribs. Yeah. All right. Enough about Tony Romas. Um, and, and, as a Star Trek nerd, there's no such thing as bah. That's that's not a Star Trek thing. Uh, you know what? You know mm. what that deserves? Oh, boy. Boy, I really hope somebody got fired for that blunder. Yeah. All right. Well, later that evening, Marge watches Maggie sleep via her tablet cam and observing over the fact that she's not yet baptized. She's concerned that Maggie, if Maggie dies, that she'll burn in hell. 
And then uh, Homer tries to uh, comfort his wife. I can't stop thinking about Maggie not being baptized. What if the unspeakable happens? Are you saying that just because we don't splash a little water on her, she's going to burn forever? Sleep well knowing current religious thought is Maggie won't go to hell. Although that's always up for debate. You know, the way that Homer puts it kind of makes the baptismal thing seem kind of silly. I mean, I'm not religious and I'm not putting down anyone who is, but <laughs> no, no, it is silly. Yeah. <laughs> There's just a lot of like little jabs at, at uh, religion in this episode. I, yeah. I'm here for it. Me too. Uh, so uh, Marge falls asleep and instantly dreams of uh, taking Maggie to church for her baptism. As Homer, Marge, and Maggie reach the holy water, it begins to boil. The hand of old Scratch himself, that's Satan, uh, reaches from the water and plucks Maggie from uh, Marge's loving arms. And not unlike little Nas X, Maggie grows two tiny horns as she descends into hell, landing on the lap of Beelzebub. And uh, good old Santa tells Marge that uh, since her newly deceased daughter is nice and unbaptized, she'll play in an unsanitary ball pit for all eternity. And we discover that the ball pit is from uh, everyone's favorite uh, fast food punching bag, Arby's. That's right. And it's next to the wall of wedgies where Springfield's most notorious bullies are hanging by their underpants. And hey, look, Bart's in hell too. Hey. <laughs> He's got Millhouse growing on his back. Or does Millhouse have Bart growing on his back? Hmm. Uh, they discuss who's the front, uh, who's the back, who's the top, uh, who's the bottom. Yeah. Uh, Marge wakes up in fright there. We have to get Maggie baptized now. Either Patty or Selma could be the godmother. Well, it would insult one of them, but I want to insult both of them. What we really need for the godfather is someone who goes to church weekly, not the Christmas and Easter crowd. Lousy part-time Protestants. I go every week and sleep through Mass like a real Christian. Homie, this is important to me. I get it. But can't this wait? You go find her a godfather, the classiest person you know. Hey! Wait Wait a minute! I wasn't watching that! Guys, this is serious. I'm looking for a godfather for my little angel. Aw, what a cutie. Let me give her a sip of beer. Okay, you're out. If I'm out, Carl's out. I decide who tells me what to do. Mo? You're out, Carl. So, Homer, I hear you're looking for- You're out. Barney? You're out. Ah! The Barney line of, uh, hey, I wasn't watching that when Homer mm-hmm. changes the TV in the bar. I think it's kind of funny because I just remember, like, back in the day when I would hang out at bars and mm-hmm. TV were on and, you know, someone would be, like, changing the channel. And they'd be like, you weren't watching that, were you? I'm like, no, no one's here watching TV. Yeah. Like, it's Never. one thing if, like, sports ball is on. Right. But, you know, it'd be like, oh, oh, cool. Uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark is on TV and I can't hear anything. So it's on yeah. subtitles. I came to watch Indiana Jones at a right. bar. <laughs> I wanted to watch the TNT cut of Summer School with Mark Harmon. <laughs> yeah. Remember like in like the early 2000s when every bar would just play MMA wrestling? That was weird. I think they still play MMA. Yeah. It's weird. Anywho. Yeah. I, always, uh, I would always say, oh, it's the men hugging each other show. Yeah. I hope they kiss and make up. <laughs> And they finally do. That's right. Well, Homer said something funny that I liked. I forgot it. <laughs> I like his dismissal of people. Um, just, uh, you know, Lenny offering Maggie some beer. And he's just like, no, you're out. Although he dismissed 
Mo rather quickly because, you know, he's a known dirtbag, but they did have a moment, uh, Maggie and Mo and uh, Mo Baby Blues. And it was kind of a Godfather thing, too, which is interesting. Yeah. Did we did we review that one? I don't think we knew uh, we did. Maybe did. I, you know, it was a sweet episode because Mo and Maggie had. Uh, yeah, he was very protective over her. Yeah. Very reminiscent of this episode. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, he should have. There's a couple inconsistency in canon in this episode, Steve. I very think. true. All right. Well, hey, Steve. Homer decides to leave the Moes there and go to Springfield, the police department, to ask uh, Chief Wiggum to take the role of the Godfather. The Wiggum compliments himself on parenting of Ralph, who then proceeds to eat a dollar bill, and then the dollar bill shreds remain like the shredded remains come out of his nose. That's cool. Uh, and Wiggum's out now. Uh, Homer takes Maggie to the streets and he tells uh, Maggie that there's no rush to find a godparent since she'll live a long time. That's uh, some foreshadowing there, Steve. Indeed. But then several stories above, I think one of the funniest things is <laughs> Laurel and Hardy. <laughs> Everyone remembers Laurel and Hardy. All those. Yep. If there's kids there's watching it. <laughs> two things millennials love or Gen Zers love eating ass and Laurel and Hardy. Um, and they're trying to hoist a grand piano out of the balcony. And as expected, it drops in the piano. I was going to kill Maggie and uh, her dad, Homer. And it does. The end. Dun, 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 dun. But no, yeah. we see uh, Fat Tony or Fit Tony exiting the uh, Our Lady of Dwindling Attendance Catholic Church. And quickly he uh, thinks off on his feet there and uh, pushes the Statue of Mary into the path of the piano, saving Homer and Marge. And uh, this hey, Maggie. Oh, yeah, how about Maggie instead of, <laughs> you know, you see H and M together and you think, uh, I need a new pair of shoes. <laughs> that was dumb. Do they even sell, sell shoes at H and M? They do. They sell uh, really ill-fitting dress shoes that cost like $20 that you can wear twice. They hurt your feet probably? Yeah. Perfect for a job interview for a job that you don't really want. <laughs> All right. Well, this gives Homer an idea. Fat Tony, you saved us. Not I. It was the Blessed Mother. You're religious, too. You'd be a great godfather if it weren't for... If it weren't for what? Uh, you know. No, I do not know. <laughs> what a cute little bambina. <laughs> I accept your offer. I will be godfather to your child. Yeah, but... but, but... You did offer it to me, didn't you? He said it. We got it all on tape. I truly appreciate this. I have nothing innocent and pure in my life, but now I have this sweet little angel. Great, great. This'll be just like The Godfather. The what? You know, the movie, The Godfather. Never heard of it. It's about a guy like you who does what you do. Which is what? Uh, legitimate business? He sounds like quite the fellow, this Godfather. I've seen Shark Tale and analyzed this, but that sounds even better. I just love how he's seen, analyzed this, and Shark tells his mafia references. Yeah. Uh, Tony's a huge fan of Scott Ackerman's writing. Exactly. It's like, it was good, but it, then I could feel like when it got punched up, it was like better. Uh, Harold Ramis did the analyzed movies, right? Yes. <sighs> I really wish there was a third one so they could analyze the other thing. So been analyze this, analyze that, and then analyze what? The other thing. This, that, and the other thing. Oh, okay. I guess. I don't know. You know, uh, Harold Ramis's death was probably one of that affected me the most of like a celebrity death. Sure. I feel like in this age of reboots and remakes, I bet there would have been a third analyzed movie like right now. Yeah. You know what I'm thinking? Cinematic universes are big. They should have had uh, analyzed the fuckers. Ah, so 
don't know how that works out exactly, but yeah. Fockers meets bad grandpa or exactly. Yeah. The De Niro verse, uh, the De Niro verse where he, it's all of his uh, comedies. Yeah. It's all of his like paychecks. Like he's just like, eh, this is for whatever. Yeah. Where he plays uh, Boris Badenoff. Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever see? I don't know. I never saw no. the uh, what's it called? Rocky and Bullwinkle. <laughs> yeah. Rocky and Bullwinkle. Yeah. I don't. Wasn't uh, Jason Alexander in those? I think so. Was he Natasha? Yeah. No, I think it was Kirsten Johnson from uh, Oh, right. Right. 30 Rock from the Sun. Anyway, uh, back at Evergreen Terrace, uh, Marge is upset. She can't allow Fat Tony to be the godfather. She thinks Mr. Burns would be a better choice. But as Homer points out, Monty is allergic to that new baby smell. Uh, Their heated discussion, though, is interrupted by a knock on the door. Why, it's Fat Tony himself, concerned for the safety of his soon-to-be goddaughter. He noticed that Maggie's current car seat is outdated and unsafe, so he's purchased the most exclusive top-of-the-line car seat, the Ferrari Protectorosa. He has also leased a Luxus SUV in Marge's name with all the features, such as... We got blind spot monitors. A built-in humidor. And a GPS that doesn't think it's better than you. That's right. We'll go your way. that's That's very helpful. Yeah. Uh, Marge is impressed, but uh, still full of doubt. Fat Tony bargains with Marge, saying that he can help Maggie into an elite preschool, a prestigious prep school, and College of the Ivy. Uh, Tony's got uh, soccer coaches and admissions officers in his pocket, like so many yogurt melties. Uh, Marge uh, whispers to Homer that uh, uh, they'll be playing along until they can get out of it. Then she kisses the pinky ring of a one fat Tony. So we go back to the first church of Springfield where uh, Tony baptizes Maggie. He then kisses her and welcomes her to the family. Homer also kisses and welcomes a new member of the family, their sleek new SUV. And so our second act begins at Luigi's restaurant. Marge tells herself that she'll get through this. She won't have to see Maggie's new uh, godparent again. Luigi uh, checks on the table, but grows ever more nervous and scared by Tony's silent stare. Please, please say it's okay. Why are you no answering? How am I going to die? And I've never been to Italy. <laughs> Everything's fine. Ah, I knew it. Have some parmesan. My hand eats a have a heart attack. Now, I take my duties as godfather seriously. I might almost be intrusive. Almost. First, I want to help with little Margaret's religious development. For my first communion, my sainted mother gave me this book and ten dollars, which was a fortune to me. I never spent it. Mama. First, the queen of all saints, Mary. The only woman in history who had the Ungats to be a mother and a virgin. Actually, the virgin birth is the doctrine of traditional Christianity, not Protestants. La vita madre è stata concepita senza peccato originale, quindi è possibile che sia madre virgine. Oh, got it. You know, it's really weird uh, animation mm. is Fat Tony's talking about, I'm watching the scene and Fat Tony's talking about the $10, the book his mm-hmm. mother gave him. His eyes are watered up, but he doesn't look like he's crying or doesn't act like he's sobbing up. It's really weird. Yeah, that's uh, that's a good point. It's like he's just talking normal. And it's like crying like the the fl- then like oh, yeah. when the, the when the $10 bill burns up in flames and then there's the, sh- the, the close up shot of him. He has no tears like right. It's almost the- like somebody was cutting onions in the room next door right and then also the ten dollar bill bill uh burnt up i just thought that was a just a funny little bit of animation there yeah and uh, of course everyone's curious so what he said in in italian is the blessed mother was conceived without original sin so it's possible that she is a mother and a virgin so there you go hmm i just don't think it's real steve i don't think so either 
Uh, not a, uh, not an atheist podcast. <laughs> I don't know. Um, we're, we're an agnostic Tony, podcast. That's right. We don't know anything. <laughs> and we <laughs> Tony, don't want to know anything. Yeah, we've got our fingers in our ears and our eyes closed with uh, whatever you close your eyelids, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Tony then shows uh, Maggie St. Lucia, which may or may not be where he hides all his money. I thought it was kind of funny that they used a place with the saint in the name to show other saints. Mm-hmm. Uh, finally, he hands Maggie a tiny figurine of St. Zeno of Verona the saint of learning to speak. Maggie takes the saint into her mouth and sucks on it like a pacifier. Bart states that you got a religion with merch. Uh, Maggie, or Marge rather, thinks this could work. And as we all know, the Zeno is a patron saint of fishermen and anglers, the city of Verona, newborn babies, as well as children learning to speak and walk. So there you go. Do you know what uh, the patron saint of uh, your name is? St. Stephen? Um, it is, I think, Travelers. St. Stephen. Um, I know my day is Boxing Day. Oh, that's almost, uh, that's that's Sunday. This Sunday. That's Steve. right. <sighs> Bricklayers and stonemasons. That's what oh. it is. And if you've ever seen me play basketball, I can attest to that laying up bricks. St. Craig. Um, oh, it's observed every March 17th. That's only like a few days after my birthday. Weird. Wait, isn't that uh, St. Patrick's Day too? It is, yeah. Wait, happy. Wait, is this a real site? I don't think this is a real website. <laughs> isn't there, there? I mean, there's a saint for everything, right? Um, so there is no St. Craig. Yet. But, <laughs> right. I mean, you, you still have stuff to do. Oh, no. I'm going to be the patron saint of shitty podcasts. <laughs> I'll take um, it. So I yeah. added, I'm going to die as a martyr for podcasts. <laughs> Uh, there's worse ways to go oh no joe rogan don't kill me <laughs> stand back mark maron conan no that's the only people i know who have podcasts yep uh cereal ah. oh no the, the canings are coming after me sarah and walter yeah because his uh son-in-law is jimmy pardo right one of the first podcasters because i i made fun of uh i'm like i'm taller than you jimmy pardo <laughs> so you're five four yeah <laughs> next <laughs> I just remember one time, here's another crappy segue <laughs> of nothing, but I just remember one time seeing Jimmy Pardo do stand up on Conan and then like Conan coming to like, you know, congr- you know, like doing the handshake. And it's like this height difference is so bonkers. Oh, yeah. <sighs> Jimmy Pardo, he's a fun guy, though. Yeah, he was uh, a very part of uh, he's uh, on the important podcast. part of Portland culture. Well, he's also he. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was. Well, you could t- say about that, but he's also he should be on the podcast uh, Mount Rushmore. Absolutely. He's been doing it for 20 years. Literally uh, 15 years, I think. He was one of the first. Yeah. And he's still going. Yep. I'm a a fan. But yes, he was uh, very important to Portland because we used to have him all called the Lloyd Center. Mm -hmm. Well, we still Um, do right now, but. Yeah, for a few more weeks. Yeah, they're they're gonna bulldoze it. Um, but it was the mall that had it all, and he played the character in commercials of Lloyd, and it's like his his mall. So he'd like be like, "Hey, this is my mall. Come to my mall. It's fun." Yeah, Lloyd Center. The two famous people, Jimmy Pardo and uh, Nancy Kerrigan. No, not that, not that one. The other one, Tony Harding. Tony Harding, Some who like probably lives there. Tony Harding, I think, like lives down the street from me. That would track, yeah. But she does really, but she's in the same area. Yeah, I can see her in battleground. Oh yeah, <laughs> not wearing a mask. Yeah. Holding up the line at a uh, the Walmart. The Walmart, yep. All right. Uh <laughs> yeah, she's no Margaret Robbie. No. It's a very uh, some kind casting there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the Simpsons, That's a good movie. I'll watch that again. I'd watch that again. Please don't make fun of Itanya this Christmas. 
All right, let's just continue with the Simpsons. Alrighty, so the Simpsons then go for a safe joyride, stopping so Bart can ride up the gold wing doors. Homer opens up his side, but the DeLorean-like door just ends up smacking him in the face. So the next day, the mobsters, uh, Legs and Louie, who have been assigned to watch Maggie at the park, and she plays in the sand. And Maggie goes to build a sandcastle, but uh, Maggie's future husband, right Mm -hmm. now, little rival, Gerald there, uh, takes her shovel. Legs, who's not afraid of a baby's super sharp fingernails, grabs the shovel and places a pail on Gerald's head. Uh, He gives the uh, shovel to Maggie, calling her baby boss, which I don't know why they didn't say boss baby. They didn't want to confuse us viewers. Yeah. We don't want to talk about Alec Baldwin right now. Yeah, probably not. Everybody hates Alec Baldwin, the right and the left. Right. Yeah. I think it's because he's too extreme left. But even though he's like a dick. Right. That's the thing is I probably align with his politics just fine, but he's probably not a good person. Well, don't you remember like what? 15 years ago, he was like drunk or something and called his daughter a fat little pig. Yeah. Yeah. And then everyone forgives him. Yeah, I know. He's kind of like a uh, liberal version of uh, Mel Gibson in a way. That yeah. Might yeah. Uh, right. Anyway, so the rest of the children in the sandbox uh, hand over their shovels to Maggie, who is now the dawn of the babies. That sounds like a. This <laughs> is the dawn of. The <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like dawn baby, like I, it's it's like a, a spiritual sequel to Baby's Day Out. Now uh, the baby is uh, the head of the mob. Yeah, like okay, the mob boss. I don't know how this works, but uh, the mob boss is like, once I'm dead, my son, who was just born, will now be the head of the family and then no one else. And then he gets whacked the next day and then the baby has to uh, run the family business. Yeah, I like it. But we'll CGI him talking with the mouse. It's really creepy. (laughs) And it'll be played by. um, hmm, Let's Mm. go with. uh, Oh, oh. Um, who's that comedian that everyone likes that I don't know any jokes that he does? The 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 Frank Frank uh no uh Manis Maniscota Oh man? yeah, Sebastian Maniscalco. Yeah, it'll be him. Yeah, the one that that hugely popular comedian that I know nothing about. He's very probably... popular, but I don't know anyone who knows him. <laughs> yeah, me too. Uh he like will sell out arenas, but I could not tell you what his deal is. His sidekick will be Kevin Hart. I like it. Who <laughs> will not have to be CGI, but will just be the same size as the baby. <laughs> Um, back at Luigi's, speaking of the Simpsons, uh, Tony is feeding Maggie some spaghetti and meatballs. She's sporting a tracksuit and a bib that says, God, baby. Uh, Legs, Louie, and Johnny Tightlips uh, step in the diner to talk business, but Tony has some other thoughts. Boss, Benny down at the liquor store is late on his payment. Again. Let me break his kneecaps. Madonna me. You never talk that way in front of a baby. Uh, okay, what if we give him a boo-boo to the brain? Uh, Make him call night-night forever? Disgusting. You give the kiss of death with that mouth. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to take sweet little Maggie to Guido and me class. (laughs) I think the boss is getting soft. Next thing you know, he'll be starting a legitimate, legitimate business. Oh, the, uh, baby-fying the, uh, whack job. (laughs) Boo-boo to the brain. A boo-boo makes him go night-night forever. <laughs> I mean, that actually kind of sounds pleasant now. <laughs> I know. I, it hurt at first, but then you just fall asleep. Is that what happened at the end of Sopranos? Tony got a boo-boo to the brain? Yep. Yeah, David Chase confirmed it. That is pretty much... Uh, I mean, now you have to say yeah. that he did get whacked because of... Uh, uh, I can't think of his name now. Gandolfini uh, dying, yeah. Yeah. 
All right. Well, let's not let's stop talking about uh, Tony Soprano. I'm talking about uh, another Tony, Steve. All right. Yeah. Uh, the three gangsters witness a uh, Tony sing uh, as Tony sings Maggie a sweet song about hot wiring a car and then telling her that she stole his heart. And then Maggie does that like Robert De Niro, like I'm watching you with the two fingers, you know, mm-hmm. hand gesture and the mobs know something needs to be done. <laughs> so they visit uh, Don <laughs> Casanoletta. <laughs> Um, who feels that Tony is such a good boss, he has uh, too much respect for not killing him. So Johnny Tightlips. Hey, it's also really fun to see Johnny Tightlips here in this episode. Yeah. Also, although he's talking a lot in this episode, by the way. He, he's talking in this episode more than he's ever spoken in a, yeah. any other episode before. But he feels similar to Don Castelletta there, um, saying that he, he don't want to do nothing to nobody, meaning he wants to do something to somebody that's somebody being fat Tony. That's right. And so this is uh, the second episode with Don Castellaneta. Uh, there was a, an episode called Mo Baby Blues where he appeared as well. And I just think that they uh, thought the name was a lot of fun. And so do I. It's so good. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned, I was saying, you mentioned Mo Baby Blues earlier. Yes. Uh, is that the one that, did we watch that one? <laughs> did we ask about this episode? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, because you talked about how Mo was in. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Take care of. Gaggy. Yeah, I forgot the mob element of that, even though it's yeah. I know anyway. it's weird. Uh, yeah. We need to watch that one. But uh, yeah, we'll let the wheel of random decide our fate. Alrighty. So well, back at home, Marge is worried that Maggie has changed. The uh, youngest Simpson, Simpson child crawls by in uh, some gaudy makeup, some fake nails and a uh, leopard print outfit looking a little like Susie Espen there. <laughs> That's so weird. I was just thinking that when I saw that, because I <laughs> as soon as I watched like this new episode, then I go watch the new episode of Curb. I'm like, that just looks like what, Su- <laughs> what uh, Susie would wear on <laughs> Curb. No wonder uh, Jeff is. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> tells Marge not to worry about being bad parents because bad parents can't get their child into the finest preschool in town, the preschool for the performing arts. The academy usually has a three-year wait, but they got in and they even got the morning class. Now, I don't want to poo-poo on anybody's art, but uh, school for the performing arts, it doesn't like have like any jokey thing or like any fancy thing. I just feel like they could have gone with something more like the Preston Academy or something like that. Yeah, it's weird that she's going to like an art school. Right. Hey, speaking of uh, Kirby enthusiasm, I got to say, Tracy Ullman, who invented The Simpsons. That's right. Is killing it this season. Uh, she's the star of Kirby enthusiasm now, in my opinion. Yes, I, I so love good. her dynamic with uh, Larry. It's, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> I yeah, I mean, I'm glad she's been on the last couple episodes. I, I, I want her to stay on the show. I, I think Larry needs to marry her just so he can get that uh, law repealed. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good addition. I mean, she's one of the classic, um, well, like improv and like character performers, you know? Yeah. And I don't think that we as a nation appreciate her contribution to the comedic scene. Uh, well, we do with this stupid podcast. If it wasn't for oh, yeah, her, we wouldn't have the stupid Simpsons. That's right. <sighs> she wrote and drew all those shorts. You know that, right? Yeah. Has, here's a dumb question. Has Tracy Ullman actually ever been on an episode of The Simpsons? <laughs> yeah, she has. I want to say yes, but probably later than we think. Yeah. <laughs> there was probably like a funny joke about it, too. Yeah. Like, uh, oh, Tracy Ullman, wasn't she the one that had that really stupid cartoon <laughs> bumpers? I don't know. All right. Uh, hey, let's go back to the real Tracy Ullman. Marge. <laughs> um, as Marge and Homer think of Maggie's educational future, uh, there's a knock on the door, and it's Fat Tony who feels that Homer's side of their arrangement is not being met. So he lets them into an unmarked white van and takes them to the first church of Springfield. No goddaughter of mine will miss Sunday service. 
Oh, but I'm hungover. We were gonna go at 1 p.m. I'm afraid there ain't no 1 p.m. no more. No attendance whacked it from the schedule. I knew it. You make a deal with the devil and look where you wind up. Wake up. Oh, come on, man. Even the priest is asleep. Oh, please rise and open your hymnals. He said, open your book. You were so right. I'm a moron. I'm so frightened. Bail us out now. I am out of ideas. Look, if we're direct and say he can't be Godfather, what's the worst that can happen? Did you see the Godfather? I saw the wedding part. Does anything happen after that? That Carlo seems like a wonderful husband. Full disclosure, spoiler alerts, Carlo uh, cheats and beats his uh, wife, Connie. You know, Sonny isn't happy about it and then kicks his ass in the street. And there's a great scene where he's beating him up. Sonny, of course, played by uh, James Caan. Mm -hmm. And that famous scene where he punches him. But it's like the worst punch ever because it's like three feet away and makes like zero. You can see no contact. <laughs> uh, but then, of course, uh, uh, Carlo uh, hires the other mobs to kill Sonny. And uh, that's the story of the Godfather. I'm sure there's other things that happen. Yeah, that's about it. The, but uh, I, lo oh, I love the fact that the people of Springfield, except for Homer, have not seen the movie. It tracks. Yeah, that makes sense. I like when Homer says, you make a deal with the devil and look where you end up. And is that church? Yeah. But very funny. Also, just uh, the fact that there wasn't a 1 p.m. anymore. Also, uh, when uh, Tony whispers to uh, Bart to open his book, he sounded like Harvey Firestein, like, <laughs> open your book. For a minute there, I thought they couldn't get uh, Joe Montagna to record the line. So they had Julie Cavanier do it because it sounded like Marge. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Also, he calls Reverend Lovejoy the priest. Yeah, I, I was wondering about that. It's uh, he's not. He's a reverend. Right. Because priests can't put their wieners in things. Well, they're not supposed to. That I mean, mean, they don't. <laughs> but yeah, they, they normally don't have wives. Right. Yeah. Uh, so Tony butts in wanting to know what uh, Homer and Marge are discussing. So uh, Homer pulls Mr. Fat aside to discuss a non-lacking manner. But Tony interrupts him to say that uh, Maggie's cute, smart, and sweet as a hung jury. Because of this, Tony has gotten tickets to next Sunday's performance of Itchy and Scratchy's uh, Christmas on Ice. He then asks Homer uh, what he wanted to talk about. And there's our Christmas. There you go. Now, what did you want to tell me? I, um, uh, stall, stall, play for time. Uh, I, I, I wanted to tell you how great you look in that suit. Why, thank you. Why do people have such difficulty telling me how great I am? All right, well, our last act takes place in the mall in between Food Fellas and Amber Crombie and Snitch. It's a mob mall, Steve. That's right. Uh, where the grand opening of Bambino Depot is taking place. Uh, the baby store is Fat Tony's first business, where in the back room is more of the same. Aside from the cribs and baby bags, the store also offers diaper waste management. And if you have postpartum depression, they take care of it. Tony is clearly excited and is curious to hear what his uh, underlings think. Thoughts? Hey, these diaper bags are great. You can hide a brick of nose candy in here. No, you mezzo arguto paisan. This is all above board. I want to be family friendly. You mean the family family? I mean every family. Except the Branzinos. Death to them. Death, Death to, to them. them. Hey, boss, maybe you can get your little Maggie one of these. You would body shame a baby. Oh. I've seen enough. This Sunday we make our move. Can we make a Saturday? I got a thing. Move your thing. 
I already moved it for the thing that was canceled for the you-know-what where we did the thing we did not do. That didn't happen two weeks ago. You don't know about that. You don't know what I don't know. Steve, would you body shame a baby? I would never body shame a baby. Not to their face anyway, but I behind their back. Yeah. I mean, I do think it's weird when they like, I don't like baby clothing. I'll just say that. Like, <laughs> when would make, you? It's a fair point. Um, but like when they have stuff on them, like like this, where it said, I hate my thighs or or like oh. a baby recipe, two pumps of daddy and one. <laughs> God, oven. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, like even like when you dress your baby in like a Ramon shirt and tiny Converse, like they don't know. That's actually kind of cute. It is kind of cute. But <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but it's worse. Like if you're like politicizing your baby to put in like a yeah. Trump or even like a Biden, any political thing yeah, yeah. on your baby is gross. I don't want to see a baby like baby Bernie Sanders or no. whatever. Unless that were a Saturday morning cartoon, then I would absolutely watch it. <laughs> baby Bernie Sanders. <laughs> but still lemonade. Bernie Sanders. Yeah. <laughs> He's wearing a diaper. But that's, how's that different from how he is now? Fair point. He's an old man. He's just Benjamin Benjamin buttoning it. <laughs> <sighs> Bernie buttons. <laughs> uh, coming to you this fall on CBS. <laughs> like it'll be like the uh, uh, Bobby's World. How it started off with Howie Mandel talking to little Bobby. This will be like Bernie talking to little Bernie. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like little Bernie, like trying to like reform his school and yeah, uh, running sounds, third party for class president. Yeah, this sounds great. I want to watch this. Yeah, you get uh, well, other like political people on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, <laughs> what are we talking about here? The Simpsons. Uh, oh yeah, the Simpsons. Speaking of schools, at the uh, preschool for the performing arts, uh, children fulfill their artistic desires while being inspired from artwork on the wall, such as posters for the Music Baby, not the Music Man, the Baby of the Opera, and Joseph and the Technicolor Diaper. Uh, also on the wall are headshots of other children and a mural of a young boy with uh, playing with blocks that spell out EGOT. Uh, Marge shows regretted to Fat Tony, but feels that Maggie has uh, has all the bling that a toddler could want. Maggie then shows off her gold chain with the words Sweet Little Meatball on it, and uh, Tony tells Marge that the jewelry fell off the uh, back of a tricycle. Did you... There's a, a photo of one of the students. It's underneath the sailor, little sailor boy, that uh-huh. looks like a baby Bart because he's got the same red shirt and oh, like a little curl. You're and it right. looks like, uh, is this like, what if, what if this was like Bart? Oh, and they've kept the photo there. And like, that's his first spike, but still a little down, but he hasn't grown his spikes yet. And what if Bart was actually a really artistic child, but you, something bad happened? You know what it's from? What's that? From little baby stink breath. All oh, right. There you go. I just happened to think about that. Huh. All right. We're canonizing that. Trunk, trunk, cannon. Um, so the adults talk and Maggie pushes another baby over and takes uh, their ball, causing the, the child to cry. Uh, Marge sees that and realizes what they have done. So she then imagines a grown-up Maggie applying lipstick, lighting a cigarette, and then using that cigarette to set a room on fire, causing a man tied up in a chair in the room to burn to death. <laughs> but back to reality, she demands that Fat Tony stay away from her kid as uh, Maggie asks another child to kiss her pacifier. He says a little like, yeah, kiss the pacifier thing. And Marge then takes off the bling and grabs the Maggie. So Tony acknowledges Marge's request and says he has another matter to tend to. He heads into the bathroom, steps into a stall, and reaches behind the water tank. And then he pulls out 
a diaper. He then changes Maggie and burps her. And then in front of a painting of angel babies who are probably dead, uh, Tony confides in Homer. Hey, Fat Tony's never seen The Godfather, but how did he know how to do that parody of The Godfather going back to pull the gun out? That's very true. Maybe they reference it in Shark Tale. I haven't seen the movie. Me, me neither. Maybe tomorrow. Is it a Christmas movie? Ah, sure. Why not? We can watch it tomorrow on Christmas Eve. <laughs> yes, it'll be a Christmas miracle at the uh, <laughs> because they have the Feast of the Seven Fishes. That's a Christmas thing. There's probably at least seven fish in a Shark Tale. Yeah, well, but you know what we have instead is a clip here. All right, Homer. Can I tell you a little secret? No, no, please don't. It's a good secret. I'm finally getting out of this terrible business I'm in and into the slightly less cutthroat business of maternity wear. I'm going to get my soul back, and Maggie is my inspiration. Aww. Give me one more day to prove that I belong in her life. I'll see what I can do. <laughs> Legs, Louie, get in here. Dispose of this. I don't want to know where or how. Wait, he's already changed multiple diapers of Maggie. Why is this one different? I don't know. Well, they take the uh, the diaper there to the harbor and take a deep hole, tie the diaper to a cinder block, and throw it in the hole, and then Lake starts to shoot the diaper repeatedly, saying, that ain't nobody going to find it now. And then Louis then says that uh, you can never forget that smell. <laughs> Probably does smell bad, like a shooting shit. So you have like, yeah, like gunpowder smell. And the, like Yeah. Shit, baby shit smell. <laughs> Pretty gross. And the fact that they had to drive that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they probably put it in the trunk, but still. <laughs> Gunpowder and shit. <laughs> the name of my memoir. <laughs> uh, we then head to the Springfield Sports Arena. Again. Wait, I think that was a uh, Andreas Thompson's uh, memoir. That's a good. Yeah, that's that's a that's a solid joke. I like that a lot because he was blown into uh, space. Uh, so at the Springfield Sports Arena, the crew of Itchy and Scratchy's Christmas on Ice unloads props from the show from a truck. Uh, there's a giant knife, a scratchy head, a stick of dynamite, a Christmas tree full of lit bomb ornaments, and several feet of what I presume are intense intestines, mm -hmm. or perhaps maybe it's Scratchy's gigantic uncircumcised penis. <laughs> I'm assuming it's just the intestines, Steve. Because that would be less gross than a giant penis. <laughs> um, inside the stadium. Yeah, tell that to the ancient Greeks. <laughs> they had little dinglings. They thought giant penises were gross. Yeah, frankly, I'm on board with that. The, the, the Greeks are gross. They're yeah, uh, big penises. Uh, on Greeks. Yeah. Just Greeks. <laughs> yeah. If John, if, uh, John Stamos is hung, I'm not interested. Yeah, have mercy. <laughs> How uh, rude. You got it, dude. <laughs> this, never mind. <laughs> Let's continue. We're All not right. a full house podcast. <laughs> okay. um, <laughs> inside the stadium various mobsters prepare as well stuffing guns down their pants into their cotton candy and then taking a bite out of the cotton candy which is gross not because of the gun but because it's cotton candy and even stowing a uh, firearm in the ice resurfacer which is also known as a zamboni machine remember take the gun leave the zamboni okay this is it i'm ending it today in a public place with a lot of witnesses. Well, Fat Tony, this is really fun, but where is everyone else? On the suggestion of my co-workers, who only have my best interests in mind, I bought out the whole arena for my dear little Maggie. No audience means no witnesses. What's going on? Fat Tony? I beg you, stop being my daughter's godfather. If you do, I'll clean for you. I'll cook for you. I'll be your mama. 
God rest her soul. I must refuse your offer. I made a promise to God to watch your baby, and he's the only boss I answer to. Except that guy in Kansas City. Is he talking about Kansas City Royals legend George Brett? I think so, yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking about Kansas City the other day. As you do. No, actually, after he said this. You know, you think of like major metropolitan cities in America, and you can see their skyline, like the distinct features, like Seattle with the Space Needle. Like mm -hmm. New York is just, well, it's a character on itself. You know what New York looks like. Yeah. Chicago, St. Louis. Yeah. I don't know what Kansas City looks like. I don't either. <laughs> is there something distinctive about Kansas City? Is it big? How big is their biggest skyscraper? I don't know. And frankly, I really don't care. Uh, so no offense to Kansas City residents. Yeah. So I'll tell you that my um, brother lives in Kansas City and uh, I've talked to him about the city. Did you just find that out right now? <laughs> it sounds like you did. Well, I'm just I'm looking at Kansas. Oh, I'm, I'm just trying to think of anything that he's told me about Kansas City. And the only thing he's mentioned is uh, fried uh, ravioli. I mean, Kansas, uh, Kansas City uh, 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 or Kansas is Kansas City style. Or Kansas City style barbecue sauce is my favorite. Yeah, it's good. Because it's more molasses-y. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, but yeah. But why is there like there's like there's always like a huge mob uh, based on the movies I've watched. It's like there's a big mob presence in Kansas City, New York and Chicago mm -hmm. and then Vegas. So standing high along the Casey skyline is Liberty Memorial, one of the most recognizable sites in the city and part of the wonderful National WW1 World War One Museum and Memorial. Oh, did they fight World War One there? I guess so. Oh, OK, you should ask your dad about that. He was <laughs> fought World War One or was he? Too uh, I don't know which side <laughs> he might have been fighting, fighting for the Kaiser. Wasn't your dad a personal assistant to Franz Ferdinand? His yeah, personal he was a bodyguard. <laughs> yeah, you. He was off that day. He was off that day. But but ninety years later, he was a roadie for the uh, indie <laughs> rock band the, as yeah. well. <laughs> I, I I I googled Kansas City and then went to the images and then mm -hmm. like I scrolled down like three things and there's like an image that says ten reasons not to move to Kansas City. <laughs> All right. Well, let's not talk about Kansas City. Let's let's just wrap up this episode, Steve. Um, Marge thinks to herself that she'll be stuck with Fat Tony forever and that Maggie is in hell already. And Maggie watches the show with Glee as Tony pull, puts her on his lap and on the ice, Itchy does an impressive jump and then makes a design on the ice in the shape of a gun, which is pointing directly <laughs> at Fat Tony. Uh, so Itchy lifts his oversized head to reveal that he's a Johnny Tightlips in that costume. He pulls a gun on Tony, saying that he did as the worst thing a mob boss could ever do, care about someone else. <laughs> Suddenly, Legs and Louis grab Johnny Tightlips, saying that they'll never turn on Tony since he's Louis' cousin. Or maybe he's Legs' cousin. He's somebody's cousin. And in this world, that's all that counts. So is it canon now that uh, Johnny Tightlips is really good at ice skating? Yeah. He could, he should just, he should, uh, what's the term of getting out of the business? Isn't there like, uh, yeah, say something like leaving the family? I don't know. He should be an ice skater. Yeah. That more like Johnny Tight Skate. <laughs> Johnny, Johnny, uh, Lutz Lips. <laughs> Johnny Tight Lips gets out of the mob and becomes Johnny Weir. Isn't that the, yeah, there you skater? go. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, upset at all the possible the possibility of betrayal, Fat Tony smacks Johnny tight lips in the face with his pistol, and then uh, he sees Maggie give him a little disappointed look. No, Maggie. No, I'm sorry. That's not me. Oh, isn't it? Oh my God, you're right. I cannot change who I am. Also, that maternity store was a joke. 
They look, but don't buy. But Maggie, it's not too late for you to go straight. I'm stepping back as Godfather. Finally. Thank God. <coughs> Oops. Here's the keys to the SUV. <coughs> <coughs> You have to let go for me to take them back. I know. Let me just open the doors one more time. <coughs> Maggie, my darling, thank you for reminding me of everything that's good and sweet in this world. And now, ciao, Bella. Ooh, uh, before you go, could you? Just when I thought I was out, they dragged me back in. You can't have a, a Simpsons episode without uh, Hans Molman getting hurt. That's right. That's a staple. I think it's kind of funny that, uh, well, it's particularly not funny, but when Fat Tony does the, when I think they pull me out, they pull me back in, is of course a reference to Godfather. It's three, right? Yeah. I don't think he's, I don't think Pacino says it in two. No. I think it's three. He says that, but it's funny because Joe Montagna is in Godfather three, who's the antagonist. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's so the, favorite Godfather movie, Godfather 3. Right. Starring a young Sofia Coppola. Great actress. Yeah. Terrible director, but great. <laughs> oh, actor. yeah. I mean, you fill out that script, say some more words. Uh, <laughs> no, she's very good. Makes some beautiful films. Uh, the credits begin to roll, and we then re uh, revisit Legs and Louie at the docks, digging holes for some more diaper disposal. If these kind of tasks uh, continue, Louie's going to call HR, who uh, Legs assumes <laughs> is Harry the Rat, who just so happens to be buried a few feet from where they're standing. And that's our show. Why would he call uh, Harry the Rat? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you can get things done before he died. Yeah. All right, Steve. That's fun. Let's um. Let's take a break. Alrighty. Uh, we'll come back and talk about this. Uh, we'll be right back. Steve, Mike Gambino. Let's uh, finish up this episode of uh, Married to the Maggie. Is that what this episode's called? Yeah, Married to the Maggie. You know, it's a parody of Married to the Mob. Yeah. With, uh, the late, great Dean Kane and, uh, I mean, <laughs> Dean Stockwell <laughs> and Micaiah Pfeiffer, Michelle's son. Exactly. Uh, no, it's called a maid, Maggie. But she's not actually a maid. <laughs> They're saving that for the maid in New York. What was that? The Jennifer Lopez movie made in yeah. New York. Yeah. They're going to do a maid Maggie where she's a maid. Okay. Uh, enough of our antics, Steve. Let's, let's just get down to it and discuss what uh, we liked about this episode. How about, you know, something from it to get a shirt or a tattoo, some of our favorite jokes, maybe an MVJ and our overall thoughts about this. And then we'll find out what we're watching next week. How about that? Sounds wonderful. All right. So let's do our favorite thing. Let's get some branding done here. Steve, what do you, what do you want on a shirt, a two action figure, calendar, hmm. um, gun? Well, speaking of guns, I was really like Johnny Taylor's was kind of a badass, you know, doing like the dual ice skating and right. gunman. So I kind of want like a uh, 
a Johnny Titleist t-shirt with like, um, you know, there's an image of him like pointing the gun at the at Fat Tony, but it's, it's to the camera and he just looks really cool. So I want that on a t-shirt. Johnny Titleist is a pretty cool character, although yeah. he is, he kind of betrays That's true, Fat Tony yeah. like every chance he can get. <laughs> yeah, but like Boba Fett is cool and he's, you know, not a good guy. Well, we're going to find out in like two weeks. Uh, or less than two weeks uh, about the book of Boba Fett, but That's it's a right. TV show. It's not a book. Why? Why they call it the book of Boba Fett? Should we call it the TV show of Boba Fett? Because that way, when you watch it, you can say that you read something. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, Just, but then it's you, the uh, book of Boba Fett. <laughs> but they're like, oh, nerd! You read a Star Wars book. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I used to read Star Wars books for uh, book reports. Of course. I think any of Maggie's god baby outfits or gambina outfits sure be fun but it also reminds me of like those like bootleg bart type shirts or products where it's <laughs> you know like yeah it's not authorized by the fox or now disney corporation for bart to be dressed as a rastafarian or something like that yeah <laughs> the big hmm. blunt in his mouth <laughs> yeah i mean you could go with some of the fun harry potter or Ang- angelica buttons i mean you could I have don't... any of the uh baby po- the baby art posters like the 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 baby, the music baby. Right. Well, I was just gonna say, I think I gotta go with something. I'm going back to the tattoo, Ooh. and there's nothing more metal than Satan tattooed on you. But I don't want Satan. I want baby devil Maggie with the horns tattooed on me. Ooh, nice. Maybe on one arm and the other arm will be demon Bart and Millhouse together. Oh yeah, that's that's a good tattoo. We'll go with that. Those nice. two tattoos. All right. Um, now we got that out of the way. How about uh, our favorite jokey jokes? Um, well, I really liked all of the uh, the shade thrown at religion. I think that's up there for me, too. We're in Homer's. You sell the, your soul to the devil, and this is where you wind up. It was not, I don't know if that was the actual quote, but, you know, it ends up at the church. That thing's great. Yeah, also uh, Homer talking about uh, when they're in bed together, and he's like, so because uh, somebody didn't splash some water on Maggie, she's going to burn in hell for eternity. Yep. I don't know why, but that line just kind of stuck with me because when you put it like that, it's just like, uh, oh, yeah. And then Bart saying, you got to love uh, religion with merch. It's a great line. Yeah, I think it's just the shade thrown at religion is great. I think this episode, should we just get into it then? Like, yeah, I feel like the episode, while it, it there's funny moments in it, I don't think there's like standout, like repeatable Simpsons quotes that you could do like, um, you know, a bee bit my bottom and now my bottom is big. Right? right. Yeah. There's nothing really in this episode that does that, but it's it's the subtle jabs at religion and then just the fun. I really feel like Joe Montagna is is almost like the star of this season because I feel like he's been in a lot of episodes. Yeah. Uh, and Luigi's too has, has been prominent. That's very prominent. Season. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's because they're like, we can't make fun of anyone except for Italians now. So, right. <laughs> uh, oh, for visual gags too, I forgot to say it. Uh, one of my favorite things was Marge's hair looking oh, like yeah. a wizard's hat and she's scra- or shakes her head and the stars and moons come off. But yeah. Yeah, that was very well done. I and think Grandpa that- great too. Grandpa great. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Actually that line, his whole run about uh, taking the anti-rambling pills and that's maybe, it. Maybe he wins MVJ for this, just for the opening. Yeah, I was getting a bit to uh, Legs and Louie, but I think you're right. Um, no, but Legs they, and Louie, you're right. It's, they it's had a lot fun. of fun. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, all all this episode, Steve, uh, hmm. what do we got? You know, as it often happens, like when we talk about it and like we're like going over it together, I tend to have a more positive view than I did originally. But not today. <laughs> 
No, I think that um, you're right that there aren't any like huge, like big laugh lines or memorable quotes, but there is kind of a nuanced humor to it that's kind of fun. And, you know, we talk about how this season especially is very uh, different each from episode to episode, and it's really varied. And I think that this episode, even though it does feature some characters that we've seen a lot, is a lot more, uh, it's paced differently than other episodes. And uh, I don't know that it's the strongest episode of the season so far. That being said, it's still enjoyable. I don't know, like, I'm a little torn because I do like a majority of it, but part of it felt a little flat, like the uh, the school being just the school of performing arts. And I don't know, there's some things that I question, but I think it's, I think it's on all a decent episode. So, you know, Ned Flanders said that he had 1,100 grandchildren. So out of 1,100, I'm going to give this, uh, we'll say 850. Yeah, this whole episode... I, I was actually looking forward to because one, I love a Maggie episode. So yeah. anytime Maggie was on the screen doing some funny stuff was great. You know, her doing like the mob isms, mm-hmm. loved it. I do agree with you. I think this for me for this season, this is the 10th episode. I, I think this might be my least favorite of I this think, season. I think I agree with you on that. But it's not bad. No. It's just it does it didn't have some L like laugh out loud moments. That's what L stands for, Steve. Oh um, okay. Yeah. I giggled. I was like, that's good. And that's clever. And I really enjoyed the very, the very smart um commentary on like religion, those jokes. I thought that killed. Because yeah. for me, this episode wasn't haha. It was like it was me like, that's good, that's clever. That's how yeah. I was reacting to this episode. But I feel like it's an episode like again, we're 33 seasons into a, a show that has five trillion episodes. Right. So just coming up with stories is difficult as it is. So no fault on any of the writing staff at all. No. Because they're pulling out this product, you know. Try and do 716 (laughs) of anything. Anything. And I do enjoy a Fat Tony. I think maybe that's the thing is like, I thought maybe I saw enough. or We had Fat Tony too close together. That's a good point because like, he's a nice. Out. Yeah, it's nice to kind of miss him. And then we're like, oh, it's Fat Tony again. Right. Yeah, I, you're right. That's a good point. Even though like in the series of Flan- series Flanders, it's you know not canon and he was killed off. But uh, I think, you know what it was? I was I was hoping for a Christmas episode when mm-hmm. we really didn't get it. But there's so many Christmas episodes. We talked about a couple times in the episode, the the Mo Baby Blues. Like this is kind of like the same thing where another party takes interest in Maggie. Mm-hmm. And we've seen before we're gonna there's gonna be an episode in a year or two from now that's gonna be crusty takes an interest <laughs> in maggie there's gonna be an, an episode where oh, let's see who hasn't taken an interest in maggie yet uh, mm. uh lenny and carl are gonna be babysitting maggie i mean <laughs> it's it's just the story because there's you know what there's only 10 stories you can tell and just variations of those stories yeah i mean i enjoyed it but again it's my least favorite yeah but still 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 a fun episode i i just recommend everyone watching season 33 regardless of that um yeah it's, it, yeah it, it it's it's a fun fun episode um so they do reference the godfather a lot of in this and godfather bes- besides being known as um one of the greatest movies this episode is more like um not one of the greatest uh food chains out there <laughs> godfather's pizza you know this is the godfather's pizza of the simpsons <laughs> no one really wants to eat a godfather's pizza they just do nah. because they've been traveling 
300 miles and it's the the the, the pizza place next to their hotel so um out of the godfather's pizza was founded in 1973 so out of a 1973 i'll give this episode uh 1942 all right that seems fair i'm sorry to all the godfather's pizza employees and owners you're doing great work all the same pizza even when it's bad it's good thank you woody allen <laughs> i was gonna say woody harrelson for some reason I'd, prefer, I'd rather be woody harrelson than woody allen right now anyway yeah you'd be stoned more yeah and i get to you know be on an episode of curb it's all good <laughs> all right um again not a bad episode just i don't yeah. think it i don't think it was the strongest one this season and i think that just speaks to how good the other episodes were right like this is a solid episode it's just not the best i mean compared to elizabeth's first episode from the season the uh, uh musical one yeah totally but also great too because like totally two different shows you know yeah yeah that is impressive to have that kind of uh, versatility versatility there we go all right well we like to be versatile on this show steve because um that doesn't make any sense (laughs) (laughs) but you know what uh we do have to watch an episode next week we got to keep going you know we're not like the other podcasts out there those fat rich podcasters who take the holidays off and nope nope women their podcast money from mattress sales and boner pills and boner pills no we're still here working still here doing the podcast um but you know simpsons they're not gonna they're not they don't air on boxing day no they celebrate my sainthood yeah so we have to pull out the wheel to find out what we're watching next week we're gonna have to do a random episode that's right so let's uh let's uh bust out the wheel of random let's uh give it a spin to see which season we're in Ba-doop. Steve, we're going back to the beginning. Ooh, back to season 11. Season 11. Wow. All righty. Well, let's give it another spin to see which episode we're watching. Episode 7. Season 11, episode 7. Why, that's 8 misbehaving. What happens, Craig? After Apu and his wife give birth to octuplets, they allow themselves to become the zoo's latest attraction. Wow. I remember this episode. Me too. Are we allowed to to watch an episode with Apu? I think for historical purposes, it's all right. I miss a poo. Yeah, me too. I hope he can come back in some form soon. I mean, yeah, it, they're going to have to. Yeah. He's just too big of a, a, a Springfield character. Yeah, he's like one of the, like him and Dr. Hibbert are like two that in my mind when I think of Springfield, Springfieldians. Yeah. yeah. He was probably in like the, 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 the first or second wave of Simpsons action figures when they were released in like the late 90s. Yeah, I would, I would think so. Yeah. All right. Well, Steve, did you know hmm? that... Uh, Oh, one Matt Selman wrote this episode. Very nice. We remember this episode, but it has been a while. It has been a while since I've seen it. So, um, you know, what? I'm going to I'm going to hold my thoughts. Yeah, I, I'm going to do, do the same. I know there's some funny jokes. I know the one off the top of my head is my favorite joke, and I'll probably say it will be my favorite joke next week. All right. Um, would you say that you're on cloud nine? <laughs> no, would you say that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I remember that joke. It's a fun joke. Yeah. The biggest takeaway is I remember uh, a poo being tired and bitchy a lot, and it was fun to me. Yeah, that's us. That's the annoyed grunt boys. Tired and bitchy. That's our new slogan. <laughs> uh, but you know what? 
we hope you haven't been tired or bitchy on this episode. And uh, let us know if you were. You could do that by uh, contacting us on social media like uh, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at 138Simpsons. And you can always email us at 138Simpsons at gmail.com. And if you're so kind, go to your favorite pod catching app and leave us five stars or the equivalent. And you can leave us a review, but it doesn't need to be a real review. Just uh, tell us which house of the Angelica Button series you think you fall into. All right. For this week, I have been an annoyed grunt boy, Craig. And I've been an annoyed grunt boy, Steve. And remember, the virgin birth is the doctrine of traditional Christianity, not Protestants. You don't know what I don't know. Ah, you gotta love a religion with merch.